Welcome to Plead the Cause, where we plead the cause of the orphaned and vulnerable children around the world and right here at home. I'm Tommy Morris, the Director of Community Engagement for Heart of the Bride Ministries, and with me in the studio once again is our Executive Director, Brian Christman. How's it going, Brian? Going good, man. How are you doing, Tommy? Doing good, doing good. Uh, you know, looking forward to to continuing our talk on on fatherhood, really, and and kind of looking at a, a different perspective here. You know, last week we we talked about fatherlessness and kind of what we've seen about that worldwide. And next yeah. week we're gonna get to hear an adoption story. And so in between, it was it was on your heart to to really look at God as our Father. Yeah, so, I, I thought you were yeah. going to talk about God as our eternal air conditioner, man, in the middle of this uh, this hot summer, man. <laughs> man, it's rough. It's rough right now. But I wish Psalm no. sixty eight five said that he was air conditioner to the hot, you know. <laughs> but <laughs> that's not what he says, man. No, no. Uh, yeah, you know, last week was was kind of a heavy episode. Um, but a necessary one, I think, as we look at the problems around the world and what fatherlessness does uh, to, a, to a child, um, I'm not going to recap it. Just go back and listen. And it was one of our longer ones, but it's, it's significant. Um, and the next week, you know, we've got Matt and Tracy Nelms. Uh, Matt's a member of our staff. He and his wife are going to share about their adoption story, not just the, not just the cool story, but, but the spiritual nature of that and how God taught them and led them to, to see him and, and what spiritual adoption means. And then it turns out this is a big week for our family uh, because my daughter and her husband uh, are going to finalize an adoption. By the time you hear this, it will have been yesterday. Uh, they will be finalizing the adoption of um, their, uh, their son and, and our newest grandchild. So it's, it's just big on my heart this week. And um, you know, just been thinking about God as father to the fatherless. And so, um, you know, I, I thought we should just take a moment and look at that. And of course, we're an adoptive family as well, uh, having adopted um, our son from China in 2017. So uh, we, we've walked to that journey as well. And maybe one day we'll even just share that adoption story and how cool it was and how God worked in that um, yeah, more specifically. But, you know, but in general, uh, it's Psalm 68, five, right? It says this, a father to the fatherless, a defender of widows is God in his holy dwelling. And so, um, you know, that, that's, that's a significant verse uh, for him to say that father to the fatherless um, is a big deal. And, and I gotta be honest with you, you know, early in life, I heard that verse, you know, quoted many times and, and never really thought about what it meant. Um, and of course I realized what it means for him to be my father. We're going to talk about that, but then walking through our own adoption and then in the ministry we serve in now, it's just become, uh, so much more real. Um, you know, and we, we want to in no way just, just, just pigeonhole God into one thing. When we talk about God being father, God is, is obviously so much more than we can understand. He's many, many things, right? Lord of Lords, King of Kings, sovereign creator. Um, but he has also chosen uh, the language of family as he relates to us. And he chose uh, the title and has taken the title of father. You know, he could have been a lot of things to us, dictator, kind boss, patient landlord, I mean, whatever. But instead, you know, he has chosen to relate to us as father. And it goes right to the heart of, you know, Jesus uh, in Matthew 6, right in the middle of, of, of the, 
the Sermon on the Mount, you know, when he's talking about prayer and and the juxtaposition against the the prideful prayers of of the of the uh, Pharisees and all, he says, "Hey, when you pray, pray like this." And the first thing he does is he addresses God as our Father in heaven. You know, it's 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 a it's tender language. It's 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 familial language. I mean, he, you know, and we know Jesus as as the as the, the Son of God could talk to God his father because of their relationship as the Godhead, Father and Son. But but he says our, he says, This is how you should approach God uh, as our Father in heaven. And he goes on to hallowed be your name. So the holiness of God and the respect and reverence is there. But it, he's he's shown us immediately that we can approach God um, as Father, and so um, I think that's significant. You know that that's that's the way God relates to us. Um, you know, and Scripture is is just filled with with um, with God talking about His relationship to us uh, as that of a caring parent. Um, I love John fifteen six, uh, 26 through 27. He says in that day, and he's talking about, you know, like after the resurrection, uh, in that day, you will ask in my name. And I do not say that you, uh, I do not say to you that I will ask the father on your behalf for the father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. So, I mean, even Jesus was saying, Hey, you know, while I'm standing here, obviously you're going to talk to me. I'm praying for you, but, but you'll pray directly to the father. The father will hear and respond to you. Um, and then I love back, uh, well, in, let's say 2 Corinthians 6, 18. Um, I love all this language tying in with the Old Testament too and 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 how uh, uh, the, the God through the New Testament writers brought it in. Uh, he said, God says, and I will be a father to you and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. I mean, that's significant, right? From, from uh, the lostness that we were in and our sin, uh, not only to being saved, right? That's awesome. But then to also being called the children of God, as Galatians 4 says, that then we would be called the children of God. First John says that, right? It's, 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 it's great language that then we could call him Abba father and, and it be that, that personal. Uh, and then in, back in Exodus though, right? This comes from the old Testament too. Uh, it, he says, then you shall say to Pharaoh, thus says the Lord, Israel is my firstborn son, right? So this is from the beginning. It's not just post Jesus that he sees his children, uh, you know, his created, his chosen ones as his children. It, it's, it's from back in the, in the old Testament. So, um, I just think, man, I think that's significant. And, and listen, and, and to know this too, now God has a lot of qualities. He even identifies or, or, or uh, some qualities in the Bible that, that we normally associate with mothers, right? Isaiah 66, 13, he says, as one whom his mother comforts, so I will comfort you. You shall be comforted in Jerusalem, right? J Jesus, even in, in Luke 13, 34, he's overlooking uh, Jerusalem. And Jesus says, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often would I have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings and you are not willing. All right. So, he, I mean, God is, I mean, his loving care for us is huge, but God has not identified himself as a mother. God has identified himself with a masculine identification uh, of father, right, to show his strength his protection and his provision. And uh, that has just come to mean so much more to me uh, throughout these years. And so anyway, I love that, man. You got, you got anything yeah. to add to that, man? Well, I, I think, you know, just what I want to say about it is it's important. And I'm glad you let out with scripture because it's important to look at what scripture says about God being our father, because for us, yeah, and I've talked to many people for whom this is true 
you know, we, when we hear God as our father, the first thing I think we do is we make some correlation to what we understand as an earthly father. Yeah. And that can be so different for so many people. You know, we talked last week about fatherlessness. And so when you say God, the father, for some people that could just mean this person who's not a part of their lives, distant, you know, almost, um, that deistic approach that God created everything, took his hands off and just let it kind of run. And that kind of father, you know, or if they had an abusive father, they could look at God as being that one who's up there in heaven, just ready to strike them down every time they do something wrong. Uh, but you may have the entitled kid, right? Who thinks that God is just their, their ATM, their piggy bank, that, that's just there to answer all their prayers with a yes and get, you know, just pour out blessing upon blessing upon blessing. And it's just <laughs> nonstop giving and goods and everything, you know. And I so, feel like you got somebody in mind as you're saying that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a that's a different podcast. That's a whole, uh, yeah, that's a whole movement to talk about. But, but yeah, I think that, you know, based on what we look at from an earthly father, that can impact, you know, how we view. God is a father, you know, and yeah. so I think that's why it's important to go back to scripture and see what does scripture say about God as our father, because there you're going to find a very balanced father who disciplines, but is also very loving. As you said, yeah. it's comforting. Uh, he is near. He's not distant, you know, and there's just so much about his attributes and his character as a father. And we have to go back to scripture. So, so I'm glad you led with that. Absolutely, man. Not everyone had a great earthly father. Some may have had abusive ones. Some may have had ones that were too permissive, right? <laughs> and and to and 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 produce spoiled children. But but also some people don't have an example at all. Some children have yeah. never had a father. And so it's it's yeah, it's it's we've got to go back to scripture and see what a godly father is supposed to be like, right? So that that's kind of the next question. Like, like why? Why does God choose the term father, right? And and I think it's because even if we if we boil it down, I think even people from from situations where either they had no father or a bad example of a father, most people could tell you what a father should be, right? I mean, I think that's kind of intrinsic to most of us. Uh, maybe not all, but most of us people, I think, know what a good father should do, right? We because we know the needs that we have. We all have the need to be loved cherished, protected, valued. We all need guidance and discipline and provision. And so we know that, that God, listen, if you can look through scripture and I, I mean, we, we don't have time to outline all those. It'd be, take forever, but you could, I can just even look in those words. I can think of a scripture, you know, to dive into where God meets all of those needs. I mean, he is love and he loves us, right? And we just go back to John three sixteen, right? The first scripture we most, most of us learn for God so loved the world, but, but there are even more specific scriptures of how he loves us, how he cherishes us. I think of the Psalms answers a lot of these how you know oh i'd have to look at the psalm but where he we're called the apple of his eye i mean it's it's amazing to see that god cherishes his creation that way um the psalms are filled with how he protects us right and even jesus was saying back there in luke like hey i would have put you under my wing the way a, a hen does right for protection um how he values us his creation created in his image how we need guidance i think of that passage in isaiah i love it where uh, it's somewhere in the 30s i think but where god says hey I i'm right there but uh, right over your shoulder telling you which way to go i mean if we listen god is there to guide us. He definitely disciplines us, right? Just go to Hebrews 12, because it even says there, as a loving father disciplines his children, so God disciplines us. 
and he is our provider, right? Go back to Matthew 6, 33, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. God knows you need them. Don't, you know, God is our provider. Now he's not giving us everything we want, but but as a loving, wise father uh, providing for us. So God chose the, it, it, the, to to relate to us as father, I think for a very specific reason, uh, because we can rest in the shadow of his wings, because we can rest under his protection, uh, because we can know there's a heavenly father who is loving and strong, wise and kind all at the same time. Uh, and, uh, and, and so it, it just, man, the more you study that, the more you spend time with the Lord, I think the more that, that father, uh, that father identification of, of our God just means more and more and more. Yeah, definitely. And it's, it's important to look at it. And because one, I think you hit on this, it gives us an example of how to be a father. Yeah. Right? yeah. But, you know, I mean, if you want to know, I mean, that you go look at how God fathers us. Yeah. You know, and then we can learn as men how to be fathers. But you can also. Once we recover from the like, oh, I'm not living right. up to this. Right. Well, you know, I, you know, I think it's important to remember God is perfect and he is holy. And, and it keeps uh, us on know, our knees, man. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah, it definitely knees. keeps us humble. But it does give us that guideline of, of how to, to help to help us be godly uh, fathers to our kids, um, but also in, in what to encourage others and what for them you know, for them to look for in a father, but, you know, he's, he's always had a heart for his children. You know, that's the whole yeah. thing of sending his own son to die uh, for us. Um, but God is also, and I think we touched on this last week and, and you were going to touch on it a little more today. He, he is a father who has a heart for the fatherless and, uh, I don't know how much you want to go into it today versus how much we might talk about it in next week's episode, but we see this language of adoption yeah. in scripture because God, the father has a heart for the fatherless. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, even from the beginning, I mean, you go back to a book like Deuteronomy, which Deuteronomy is one of those books. I like to read it. There's, there's great story in there, but some people are like, Oh, Deuteronomy, right? That's, it gets pretty heavy, but look at in, in there and just really pay attention to what God is doing through, you know, this, this, the second giving of the law, if you will, as Moses is, you know, talking to the children before they go into the promised land. But look what he says in Deuteronomy 24, 20. He says, when you beat out your olive trees, you shall not go over them again. He's saying, hey, you know, go through there once real good, right? Because it's your business, but but don't do it again. You know, if you, if you see something left there, he says, it shall be for the sojourner, the fatherless and the widow. God was already showing his heart for those who have no one else to look out for them. And so he, he was already providing for them. Um, of course, we, we know uh, James 1, 27 and his heart for, uh, you know, that for, for uh, the, the fatherless and the widow and their affliction, Isaiah 117, which is our verse. I mean, it, listen, we are to be fighting for the fatherless and pleading the widow's cause that that is God's heart. And Isaiah, especially because Isaiah, when you look at it, he's, He's, juxt he's doing this juxtaposition between false worship, right, that Israel's engaged in, that they're, their heart's not in it because they're, they're going through the rituals, but they're not living it out in their daily lives. And what he says, hey, what it really looks like is, you know, like you're going to fight for justice. You're, you're going to display mercy. You're going you're gonna to provide for the fatherless, and you're going to plead for the widow's cause. So, um, uh, so that's, that's, that's what we're all about because that's God's heart. 
uh, that is definitely his heart. And, uh, you know, one of our passages, one of the passages that is just spoken to me, I mean, talk about, talk about kind of gruesome, but, but intimate at the same time is, is Ezekiel 18, uh, when he's describing, you know, um, Israel as an abandoned child, uh, just, just after birth. Okay. It's pretty, it's pretty graphic. I'm not going to describe it. You just go read it. I mean, it's, it's one of those graphic, uh, scriptures, but the compassion he has on, on that child. And, and I got to tell you, it, it, I'll tell you when it really, I'm just going to share this. I wasn't planning on it, but when it really came to life for me was when I met, um, I met that first kid when I, my first trip in, in 2008, I've shared about Julius, um, and how holding him in my arms, that's when God said, Hey, you can't do something for every orphan in the world, but you can do something for this one. And his story is literally, he was found, um, in the Kenyan bush, just, you know, thrown out in the bush in a plastic sack, still with a cord wrapped around his neck from where his mom had tried to strangle him. She just then put him in a plastic sack and, and threw him over there bloody and, and, and still to this day bears the scars around his neck, uh, from that. Um, but it's when I read that in Ezekiel, I was, man, I, I saw Julius in my head and God looking at Julius and having compassion on the fatherless and the abandoned. And, um, and in 2008, I knew I was like, I can do something. God has called me to do something for this one and for these that he brings into heart of the bride. And it, it was many years later that, that that was really realized in our lives. But, um, but he does that. And, and so all through scripture, you see God provides that to us and to those who are, who, are, who are abandoned, to love them, to cherish them, to protect, to value, to guide, to discipline, and to provide, even back in Deuteronomy, to provide for them. Um, but I'm going to tell you, one of, the, one, of the, one of the testimonies now that really hits me um, that's more recent is um, uh, one of our, our teams traveled to India back in, um, I want to say it was 2018, maybe in 2019. Um, but just last week uh, uh, in, in our live event where we were praying for India, uh, the guy that was praying that night shared this testimony. You know, um, our kids there are learning scripture. They, man, they, they're, they're, they're um, relationships at that school are so deep. They, they really learn to love and depend on the Lord. And uh, they were asking him, what's your favorite verse? And this little girl who was like 10 or 11 said, Psalm 27, 10. And no one recognized that verse, right? That's not one most people have memorized, but it says this. For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. And her story is she gave her heart to the Lord and her Hindu family. I mean, they pretty much disowned her. At that point, she was able to live at home, but they weren't providing for her. They weren't especially emotionally connecting to her. They had basically set her aside. And so she was effectively fatherless and motherless at that time. And what she was saying is that she knew God as the one who provided those things her father and mother needed. She knew him as the father to the fatherless, because at that point she was effectively fatherless. And that testimony just sticks out at me. Um, and in, in, in every kid that comes to our our ministries, you know, we want them to know God. We want them to know salvation. And then we want them to know the healing and the love and the protection, the guidance of the father to the fatherless. And so that those testimonies right there that just, I mean, it's just, you see the scripture 
right there in front of your face being lived out. Um, just those two things, especially stick with me more than, than anything else that God is a father to the fatherless. And then of course, now I say that of course, there's in our own experience, right? In 2017, we adopted, um, Daniel and, and maybe, maybe even I'll follow up next week's podcast, uh, with the story of, of Daniel's adoption and, and how God provided for him and even the cool way in which he was found. I mean, it's just so many God things and how he connected us. I mean, God was shown as just specific. I mean, not just in general, but specifically, I am father to this fatherless child. And I'm calling you to be that, to let me be that father through you. And so um, God led us to that. And then tomorrow uh, or to yesterday, when you hear this podcast, you know, we will watch a judge declare our son-in-law, right, to be uh, our grandson's father and our daughter to be his mother. Um, he is, he is, he's, you know, he's right now, parental rights have been terminated. He's got no mother or father. Um, they will be that officially tomorrow. They're already living it. He's already at their home uh, officially. But, but tomorrow they will be mother and father. We'll be Nani and Baba and, um, and get to just live out exactly, exactly what the scripture says right there. God is a father to the fatherless, and he does it through us. So, so let me just jump to the end of this, Tommy, and then you can come back and add stuff. So what does that mean about all the orphaned children still out there? I think that's a natural question. All right, we, we spout the numbers off, 150, 200 million, whatever it is. Go back to episode seven uh, about God being the God who sees, right? Right out of Genesis with Hagar. He's Elroy. He's the God who sees, right? He's also in scripture, the God who cares. We've already covered that. He cares for the fatherless. But what's his answer? We are his answer. The body of Christ, his children are the answer. He is living out being the father to the fatherless through the body of Christ, both here and around the world, right? He's, you'll hear next week the testimony of how he did that and continues to do that through Matt and Tracy Nelms as they adopt and foster. He's done that through us, through adoption. He's doing that through our, our children. Uh, he's doing that through everyone we give an adoption grant to. He's doing that through our partners around the world. Even today, I was visiting with our partner from India over WhatsApp and just hearing the testimony of, of kids who've been through deep trauma, receiving Christian counseling and love through our partners, through our teachers who were just loving on these kids and spending time with them and helping them peel back the layers of abandonment and abuse. And so, um, you know, even if they never call them mother or father, um, God is revealing himself and he's performing uh, those, those roles through the body of Christ around the world. So we're his answer, right? So if you, if you leave this episode going, well, what about those that are still out there? Well, we're the answer. That doesn't mean you have to adopt. He may not be calling you to that. It doesn't mean that you're foster parents. You may be you know, get on your knees and ask that. That's one thing I would say, but go support a family doing that. Support ministries that are doing that. Um, ask your church if your church is engaged in foster and adoption ministries or to ministries to orphans around the world. Um, the body of Christ is the answer. Not each individual adopting and fostering, but the body of Christ engaging in that. Um, statistics would show you that if every church in America took in a foster child, we would we'd be pretty close to wiping out the foster crisis. And that's just one child per church, right? So you know, we just need the churches to step up and start doing it. I think if, if every church took a, a foster child or two and they all, everyone else wrapped around them, you know, we could do this and we could, we could end this problem. Uh, and so, so the thing is, I would say this, don't just do nothing, right? Jump in there and see how God wants you to be a part of this. And through you, he can become father to the fatherless, just the way he desires to be.
Yeah, I, I don't know that I can add too much more to that. I mean, that that really is uh, the summation of this. I mean, we've talked about it before. We've talked about the facts, uh, the fact that in many of our areas where we minister, we have people who uh, kind of step up and serve as kind of father figures. We, we, we talked about the homes that we have in Zambia uh, where the, the under 18 and over 18 guys are, and there are men who are there to kind of serve in that role and, and kind of play that part to be uh, a fatherly example, uh, a father figure to these young kids and, and to help grow them up into manhood. And, you know, it's, that, that's what it is. It's us going out and living out this Christian walk and displaying the character of God. And for us as men in biblical manhood to display these characteristics uh, and, and to, to help be that to those who are fatherless, but then to literally at times take kids in through foster care and adoption care. Absolutely. And then that's a big part of what we at heart of the bride do. And so that, that may be that you're going to adopt. It may be that you're going to foster. It may be that you're going to serve overseas in, in one of the mission field ministries that we have and help kind of be a father figure to those kids. But it may be that you're going to engage in another way through prayer, through support, through financial support, through short-term missions or uh, some other way. There's, there's always a way to be a part of this and help to support this and show the love of the father, you know, and I, and I think, that, you know, I just want to point us back to the commit three with that. If you don't know how to get involved or, or you, you want to know more about how to help in displaying the heart and the love of the father, you know, let us know. We, we, we would love to get you connected with the ministries of heart of the bride. You can do that through our commit three, where we invite you to come with us and pray with us, engage with us and give. And, you know, there's different ways that that looks. And, and so hit us up, let us know how we can, um, bring you along and, and partner with you. You can email me Tommy at heart of the bride.org and you can email Brian at Brian with an I at heart of the bride.org. And we would love to answer any questions you have share with you about the commit three, talk with you about opportunities uh, to get involved. And, and even if it's just to pray with you mm -hmm. that you would have the heart of the father and be able to display the love of the father. That's right. And you know. just, if you don't hear anything else, hear this today. If God's convicting you about this and, and, and spurring in your heart, some way to get involved, don't just do nothing. Just reach out to us and we can help you get started in one of many ways. So um, yeah, just don't, don't just do nothing. Get involved. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, if this or one of our other videos has really uh, ministered to you, we want to invite you to go ahead and subscribe to the YouTube page, uh, to the YouTube channel, go ahead and click like on this video, drop a comment. This all helps with the YouTube algorithms to help get this video out in front of other people. Uh, if you're interested in audio only, you can check out the audio podcast on Spotify or Apple podcasts, and then you can connect with us on, on social media by through our Facebook page as well. And visit our website, heartofthebride.org for more information. And we look forward to, to having you join us next week as we hear a personal story about adoption and we continue to just point to the heart of a loving father in heaven.
That's right. right Thanks, Tommy. Appreciate you, man. Yeah, you too, brother. Thank you. All right.